0: So we'll continue reading. This is on page 183 of the article Toward an Educational Relevant Theory of Literacy Learning. Camborn had just explained how he had been thinking about his pedagogy and the theories behind what he had done as a young teacher. This theory of learning resulted in a predictable pattern of teaching practice. Those habits that needed to be formed were initially identified these were then divided into subsets or hierarchies of similar smaller collections of subhabits those in turn were then organized into optimal sequences and progressions the mastery of any one being contingent upon the mastery of others earlier in the sequence repetitive drill and practice was the core teaching procedure employed it was a theory which accorded special status to errors Teachers like me who implemented this theory not only seemed to spend a lot of time and energy trying to develop automaticity, we spent almost as much energy trying to extinguish errors from our students' repertoires. I stated above that I'd learned these things in the intervening years. The third was this. I learned that the theory of learning that had underpinned my teaching still had strong currency among teachers, teacher educators, policymakers, curriculum designers, parents and the general public. Although more than twenty years had passed since I had relied on this theory to drive my pedagogy, this theory, or one of its close relatives, still underpinned much of what I went, but it still underpinned much of what went on in the name of education. I realized that the intellectual unrest I'd experienced some twenty years previously had suddenly resurfaced. This time, however, I felt more capable of resolving it. And just kind of as an aside here, most of what he's talking about there in the theories that he explained in the bullets that we read earlier is uh, the concept of behaviorism. Um, And it's one that most researchers, especially in terms of literacy, have moved away from, moving more toward a um, sociocultural uh, theory called constructivism a closer look at everyday natural learning. I began asking myself the following question. What is an exemplar of highly successful complex learning? What made it successful? I decided that learning one's native language was probably the most universal exemplar of highly successful complex learning that occurred in the world outside of formal educational institutions. I therefore decided to learn more about this phenomenon. I learned that there was a consensus that learning to talk is successful because human evolution had produced a nervous system that is specifically designed for that purpose. Initially, I interpreted this to mean that it was merely a magical matter of neurological or genetic programming. However, I found other evidence that suggested there was more to it. For example, I discovered that there are humans born with intact and functioning nervous systems who sometimes do not learn to talk or have great difficulty. Prelingually deaf children are often obvious examples. I also found case studies of so-called feral children, i.e. cut off from human contact, who did not successfully learn language. And he cites part of the research here. As recently as 1970, a child called Jeannie in the scientific reports was su- discovered who had been confined to a small room under conditions of physical restraint and who had received only minimal human content from the age of 18 months until almost 14 years oh my gosh she knew no language and was not able to talk although she subsequently learned some language he continues. The existence of such cases suggested that the acquisition of the oral mode of language might also be contingent on the availability of environmental factors or conditions. I was reinforced in this thinking by the important conceptual connections between learning, language learning, and the teaching of reading, which Don Holdaway, Frank Smith, and Ken Goodman and his colleagues, Golosh, Golosh, were making. I believed that if such conditions could be identified they might provide insights into promoting literacy learning in schools. I want to know what these are. Accordingly, I began some research to identify the conditions that supported the oral language acquisition. I spent 3 years of my life bugging a group of toddlers as they interacted with parents, neighbors, friends and acquaintances in their homes playgrounds, supermarkets, and other settings. One outcome of this research was the identification of a set of conditions that always seem to be present when language is learned. The conditions of learning. The dictionary definitions of the term condition, can dictionary definitions of the term conditions carry a range of potential meanings, including, quote, particular modes of being, existing cases or states, circumstances indispensable to some results, prerequisites on which something else is conditioned, and essential parts, end quote. The meaning I have attributed to conditions is an aggregate of all of these possibilities. I want to convey the notion that the conditions I identified in this research are particular states of being doing, behaving, creating, as well as being a set of indispensable circumstances that co-occur and are synergistic in the sense that they both affect and are affected by each other. Together, they enable language to be learned. Each of the conditions identified is briefly discussed below. These conditions are discussed more fully in an earlier book. He begins now um, a discussion of each one of the conditions of learning. Immersion. This condition refers to the state of being saturated by, enveloped in, flooded by, steeped in, are constantly bathed in that which is to be learned. From the moment of birth, young language learners are immersed in the medium they are expected to learn. It is therefore a necessary condition for learning to talk, one that is denied prelingually deaf children and feral children. Demonstration. This condition refers to the ability to observe, see, hear, witness, experience, feel, study, explore, actions and artifacts. All learning begins with demonstration of some action or artifact. Father asking at the breakfast table, will you pass the butter please? And the subsequent passing of it is not only a demonstration of what that particular sequence of sound means, but also a demonstration of what language can be used for, how it functions, how it can be tied to action, what kind of language is appropriate for the setting we call breakfast and so on. Young learners receive thousands of these demonstrations They are the raw data that must be used to tease out how language is structured. The concept of demonstrations can be generalized to all learning. Potential horse riders need demonstrations of how a horse is ridden before they begin learning to ride. The same applies to tying shoelaces, riding bikes, and singing, as well as to reading and writing and spelling. Engagement. Immersion and demonstration are necessary conditions for learning to occur, but they are not sufficient. Potential learners must first engage with the demonstration that immersion provides. Engagement provides, excuse me, engagement incorporates a range of different behaviors. It has overtones of attention. Learning is unlikely if learners do not attend to demonstrations in which they are immersed. However, attention is unlikely if there is no perceived need or purpose for learning in the first place. Engagement also depends on active participation by the learner, which in turn involves some risk-taking. Learners can participate actively only if they are prepared to have a go. Children learn to talk because they engage with the demonstrations of talking and language use that are constantly occurring around them. Expectations Expectations are essentially messages that significant others communicate to learners. They are also subtle and powerful coercers of behavior. Young learner talkers receive very clear messages that not only are they expected to learn to talk, but they are capable of doing it. They are not giving any expectation that it is too difficult or that they might fail. Quite the opposite. Try asking the parents of very young children whether they expect their offspring to learn to talk. Pay attention to the kind of response that you get. So what I would like for you to do now is return to the text and think about the conditions and the ideas that we've covered so far and begin thinking, what would this look like and sound like in an online environment?